We started this year by doing 21 days of prayer and fasting, which technically ended last week, but we're extending it another week. So it's 28 days of prayer and fasting. And really, we don't want just a season of prayer. We want a lifestyle of prayer. That's what we're going for. But, but last week, we had just a service of, of prayer and worship. And some of you put your big ask prayers on the back wall there. There's still, there's still note cards and pins there. So I encourage you to do that maybe after the service today. If you haven't yet, put your prayer request up there on the wall so we can be praying for that. So today, we're kind of extending it because we want to talk about the, the elephant in the room, which is this problem of unanswered prayer. Right, Because we can't talk about prayer without addressing the fact that not all of our prayers are answered. In fact, it seems like most of our prayers, at least most of my prayers, aren't answered. And so we want to dig into that today. So a few years ago, when my, my son Tranquil, he was, he's 15 now, I think he was 8 at the time, we were, we were camping uh, out at Cass Lake, which is uh, in northern Minnesota, straight out Highway 2. And so we decided we were going to take a canoe out. And so we took this canoe out in the lake, and for some stupid, idiotic reason, instead of paddling along the shore like you're supposed to, I thought, hey, let's go out into the middle of this huge lake. Wouldn't that be a great idea with my eight-year-old son? And so we get out into the middle of the lake, and they're like, oh, we should probably head back. And turn around to head back, and there is just this strong, ferocious headwind. And we cannot advance. We're paddling and paddling and paddling. And it just keeps pushing us back, 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 back. And so we tried all these different strategies. Oh, let's change direction. Maybe kind of go this way at an angle. And the wind just kept pushing us and pushing us. No matter how hard we paddle, we just would get further away. So I finally had to admit defeat. I'm like, there's no way we are getting into shore. So I'm like, our only hope is to like flag somebody else down and get them to hopefully like tow us in. So I'm trying to like flag people down and people can't see me. They can't hear me. It's really windy out. And finally, the, the wind, so we're just at the mercy of the wind. It's just kind of pushing us along. Finally, we kind of come close to a, a big speedboat where these people are just anchored in and they're, they're just suntanning on this boat. So I'm like, hey, hey, help, help. Can you help us, please, please? They don't acknowledge and I'm like, help, help. We need a tow. Could you tow us? And finally, this guy looks up and he's like, kind of nods his head like this, and, and he stands up, and Tranquil and I are like, yeah, we're saved. He gets in the boat, and the, st- the driver's seat starts it up. We're like, yeah, and he speeds away in the other direction. <laughs> so we weren't actually saved. We did get saved eventually. That's another story. But I tell that story because I think that's how a lot of us maybe feel about prayer. Maybe you, you paddled and paddled and paddled in prayer and you waved your arms about in desperation, crying out to God, God, save me, help me, answer me, only to have it seem like God turned his back and went the other way. That's how it also often feels with prayer. I think everybody here, I would be surprised if you didn't, have not experienced the pain, the frustration, the disappointment, the anger of unanswered prayer. Maybe you prayed for a job that you didn't get. Maybe you prayed for a bad habit that you couldn't break. Maybe you prayed for a house that wouldn't sell or for a church that wouldn't grow or for a loved one that wasn't healed. And you had faith. I mean, it's not like you didn't have faith. You had faith. You truly believed 
only to have your faith dashed upon the rocks. I and my family know very well that, that reality just recently. Last May, Heidi's aunt was diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed for her. Our kids prayed, our family prayed. You know, she prayed and, and we believed that she was going to be healed. And unfortunately, she passed away just this December 30th. Same thing with our dog. Not nearly as important as a person. We also lost our dog a couple of weeks ago. And we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed for our dog to be healed. And she wasn't healed. And I think we could probably all, if we went around, tell stories about that. About, about how we prayed for something or we prayed for someone. And God just didn't answer that prayer. And when Jesus tells us, Jesus tells us to pray to God as our Father. It's like, you know, the disciples say, teach us how to pray. And Jesus teaches them what we call the Lord's Prayer. And he starts off by saying, our Father in heaven. He teaches us that we should, should address God as our loving Father. Yet, what kind of father stands by idly as his children suffer and his children cry out for help and he doesn't answer? In a sense, every death Every disease, every disaster is an indictment against God and the effectiveness of prayer. And so sometimes, and maybe there's some people here where you're just so disappointed, you're so frustrated, you're so hurt, you're so angry that you've actually given up on God. Maybe you're there right now, maybe you've been there, maybe you go there from, from time to time. I still go there from time to time. But it's just so hard to reconcile when, when Jesus says things like this in Matthew 21, 22, where Jesus says, you can pray for anything, anything. There's no qualification. You can pray for anything. And if you have faith, you will receive it. Anybody pray for anything that you didn't receive? Right? So what gives? What's up with this, Jesus, that you say this, but it doesn't seem to be true. I mean, I asked, I had faith, I even fasted in prayer, and still there was no answer in sight. Either my faith isn't big enough or God doesn't care enough. Those seem to me to be the only two options. Either my faith isn't big enough or God doesn't care enough. And so... Maybe, maybe you've been there where you think, man, my faith is too small. Or maybe you've been there where you think God doesn't care enough. I know I've been there and I am there from, from time to time. But what I've come to realize is there's a lot of room between I don't have enough faith and God doesn't care enough to answer me. There's a lot of room for other explanations in there. Before we dig into some possible reasons why God doesn't answer prayer, I just want to look at what the possible alternatives are to this. The first alternative would be for God to answer all prayers. That God would answer everybody's prayer. We see that happen again in Bruce Almighty. Let's watch another clip. you have to watch the rest of the movie to see what happens with with him answering all to all prayer requests. 
But we find out in the movie that we're, we're so glad, we're so happy that, that God doesn't answer all of our prayers, that he actually has mercy on us. Prayer isn't some sort of magic trick or incantation that if we do this, you know, X plus Y equals Z, we say a prayer in this way, this shape, this form, then, then God will answer. Justice, can we get these lights back on? There you go. C.S. Lewis in his book, Miracles, says this about prayer. So, this impossibility of empirical proof is a spiritual necessity. A man who knew empirically that an event had been caused by his prayer would feel like a magician. His head would turn and his heart would be corrupted. The Christian is not to ask whether this or that event happened because of prayer. He is rather to believe that all events without exception are answers to prayer in the sense that whether they are grantings or refusals, the prayers of all concerned and their needs have all been taken into account. All prayers are heard, though not all prayers are granted. So God, that's one alternative. God answers all prayers. The second alternative is that God answers no prayers. God answers no prayers. So, so when my son Noble was a, a little boy, like three, four years old, I don't know, I, I remember this. He, he asked me, he said, said, Dad, why do you often sit with your eyes closed before you go up to preach? And I said, well, son, because I'm praying and I'm asking God to speak through me. And Noble innocently said, then why doesn't God do it? I was like, thanks, son. So God could answer no prayers at all, like, like that prayer. But either God answers all prayers or God answers no prayers. Both of those options leave it totally up to us. Leave it totally up to us. Either we get everything that we want or we get nothing that we want. And we're just left to our own human devices. So there's got to be room in there, right? The, the only logical option is that God answers some prayers. If, he, if it's destructive for him to answer all prayers and it's destructive for him to answer no prayers, then the good option is that he answers some prayers. But then the question is, what prayers does he answer? Why is it that, that two people with the same heart, the same faith, the same motivation could pray for the same thing and God answers one prayer, but he doesn't answer another prayer? So I want to look today at eight. Yes, eight, that's a lot. Your hand might get tired if you're taking notes. Eight possible reasons why God doesn't answer all prayers or answer, only answers some prayers. The first, the first reason is unbelief. Unbelief. Hebrews 11.6 says, and we're going to look at a lot of different scriptures this morning. But Hebrews 11.6 says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. In some churches, this lack of faith, this, this accusation of unbelief, actually becomes like a billy club to beat people up with. I kind of grew up in a church like that, a church that believed that you could just name it and claim it, that you could pray for anything, a new house, a new car, a new job, pray to be, be healed of, of anything. And if God didn't answer, it's because you didn't have enough faith. It was your fault and your fault alone. 
And you can imagine the effect that that has on people. I felt so much shame as a, as a kid, feeling like, like I did, must not have enough faith. But I'm like, I don't know how to have enough faith. Like, like Jesus says, you only need faith as big as a mustard seed. And I have at least as much faith as that, I think. So why doesn't God answer me? But I think often our lack of, our lack of faith isn't just that God can do it. It's that God will do it. I mean, maybe you don't doubt that God is able, but maybe we doubt that God is truly good, that he is truly wants the best for us, that he truly knows what is the right thing for us. Maybe we doubt that, that God has truly forgiven us, or we doubt that God really loves us. And this form of unbelief doesn't just keep us from receiving. It actually keeps us from seeing, from seeing the results of our prayers. Another quote from C.S. Lewis, this time in his fiction work, The Screwtape Letters. So the senior demon, Screwtape, is talking to the other demon, or maybe is Screwtape the other demon? I don't know. Anyway, so... If you don't know, if you don't know the fiction work Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, it's great. It's this fictional work about, about these, these demons and kind of what happens behind the scenes. So it says, but talking about prayer, you can worry him with the haunting suspicion that the practice is absurd and have, has, can have no objective result. Don't forget to use the heads I win, tails you lose argument. If the thing he prays for doesn't happen, then that is one more proof that petitionary prayer doesn't work. If it does happen, he will of course be able to see more of the physical causes which led up to it, and therefore it would have happened anyway. And thus a granted prayer becomes just as good a proof as a denied one that prayers are ineffective. Unbelief isn't just that God won't answer your prayer, but sometimes unbelief causes us to truly see that God has answered our prayer. And we think that, that it's some, just the result of some natural cause or event. The second reason why, why God may not answer our prayer is selfish motives. James 4, 3 says, Even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So sometimes we don't, we don't get what we receive because we're asking with selfish motives. There's that old Janis Joplin song. Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? I can't sing, but either can Janis Joplin, so it doesn't matter. But we have selfish motives. Tonight, there's going to be thousands of fans praying for the Rams to win and thousands of fans playing for the Patriots to win and millions of fans just praying for the Patriots to lose. <laughs> I'm still praying for the Vikings to win tonight. That'll be, it'll be a real miracle. Sometimes we're selfish in that we bargain. Anybody ever bark, tried to bargain with God? If you get me out of this just this one time, I swear, God, I'll never, ever do it again. Or we pray in desperation. God, I, I know I didn't study for this test, but could you please help me get an A? We have these selfish motives. A third reason why God may, may not answer our prayers is because it's just a stupid request. 
I don't know how else to say it. It's just dumb. We see an example of a stupid request in Scripture, and it comes from Jesus' disciples. Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 20. It says, And the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? He asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. Keep in mind that the other disciples are all around listening to this. But Jesus answered by saying to them, You don't know what you're asking, you stupid, ignorant fool. Doesn't really say that, but are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I am about to drink? Sometimes we just make stupid requests. It seems like she, she came to Jesus. It says she knelt respectfully, but just the request was foolish. There's that saying that says, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. You know that one, right? You haven't? Well, now you can use it. Oscar Wilde said that when the gods wish to punish us, they answer our prayers. We should be extremely thankful that God is merciful and not giving us everything that we want. The fourth reason God may not answer prayers is because of conflicting requests. So a bride prays for sunshine on her wedding day, but at the same time a farmer's praying for rain for his fields. There's a conflict there. Twelve people pray to get the same job, but only one person can get it. That girl that you're praying for to be your wife is also praying that she won't be your wife. There's conflicting requests. A fifth reason is sin. And sin can come in, let's just say, three instances of sin. One is unconfessed sin in our lives. Psalm 66, 18, David says, If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. The Lord may turn a deaf ear to us if we have sin in our hearts that we have not confessed. It could also be because that sin could be because we're unforgiving. Jesus says in Mark chapter 11, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins Two, a third sin that we might commit is to be unjust. Proverbs 21, 13 says, Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. So God may not answer our prayer because we have unconfessed sin, we are, have unfor we're unforgiving, or we are unjust. Sixth, Possible reason for unanswered prayer is just a lack of persistence on our part. Jesus, in one of his teachings on prayer in Luke chapter 11, says, teaching them more about prayer, and so this is right after he teaches them the Lord's Prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, Don't bother me. The door's locked for the night. And my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. But I tell you this. 
though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. It's really hard when we live in this instant gratification society where we, we expect everything right away. We want instant answers. We expect God to be like Amazon where we can just order something right from our couch and we just ding, we got it, you know, whatever. God doesn't work that way. And we give up far too easy. I know I do. Persistence is probably my biggest problem in prayer. I can pray for something earnestly one day and then totally forget about it the next and every day thereafter. And Jesus says, you got to keep on knocking. You can't just knock once and then turn around if God doesn't answer. You got to keep on knocking until he answers. Seventh reason, and this is kind of tied to, to that one, but it's timing. Timing. In Isaiah 55, and this is, could be kind of overarching for, for this whole topic. But Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, God says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts. My ways are far beyond anything that you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And God's time frame is different than our time frame. If you look at stories in the Bible, and you, we think we tend to like read something and go, oh, well, somebody prayed this, and then in the next chapter, God answered that prayer. Not realizing that there's often years in between those chapters. It took 22 years for Joseph's dream to come true. Joseph, the guy with the technicolor dream coat, he had this dream that, that his brothers would serve him. 22 years it took to come true. God promised Abraham that he would have a son. It took 25 years for that to come true. It took 4,000 years from the time that God first told Adam and Eve that there would be a Savior and Messiah coming. 4,000 years before Jesus came. Our time frame is just far different than God's time frame. On this really cool note, somebody was telling me a couple weeks ago that, that he prayed for 20 years that he would have a relationship with his estranged daughter. And he was just about to give up. And God answered that prayer. And now they've had this great relationship for almost 20 more years. The eighth reason that God doesn't answer, might not answer our prayer, is because of spiritual warfare. The reality is, is that prayer is a spiritual act. We are doing battle with unseen forces in unseen places. We see a great example of this in the book of Daniel. Daniel is praying. It says in Daniel 10, verse 12, then this, this angel says to Daniel, Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. So from the instant you prayed, it was heard. And I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. 
Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Thanks, he just ditched Michael. <laughs> I never noticed that before. That's kind of funny. <laughs> this, is like, this is like sci-fi stuff, right? It's just crazy, but there's all of this stuff going on that, that we never see and we never know about, that there's this battle. It's like our prayers strengthen the battle. So there's a bunch of reasons why God may not answer our prayers. Some of it has to do with us. Some of it has to do with God. And so when we're facing this issue, this problem, where you're praying for something and God's not answering, first we should ask, is it because of me? Is it because of me? Am I doubting that God is good? Am I doubting that God is wise? Am I doubting that God is big enough, that God cares enough to answer my prayer? Do I have selfish motives? Am I being foolish, making a stupid request? Do I have sin in my life that I haven't confessed, somebody that I haven't forgiven? Am I being unjust some way? Or have I just not persisted long enough in prayer? Have I given up too quickly? Of course, all of those things, the, the answer to all of those things could be, yes, we, I am being persistent. I, I've confessed my sins. I don't have selfish motives. They're pure. I, I believe that God is able and that he can and he will do this. And yet still God doesn't answer. So maybe it's not me. Maybe it is him. Maybe it's because God just knows better than I do. Maybe it's because God's time frame is different than my time frame. Maybe it's because God wants something even better for me. Maybe it's because God wants to use this in my life to benefit somebody else or bless somebody else. Maybe God is trying to teach me something, to trust him, to, to have patience, to persevere, what, whatever it might be. And so God answers prayer. And I know maybe you've heard this and it sounds trite that God always answers prayer, that either the answer is yes or no or not yet. But I want to add a fourth one, which is you've got to be kidding me, right? God always answers prayer, yes, no, not yet, or you've got to be kidding me. That is just a stupid request. But I love what Tim Keller says about prayer. Tim Keller's a pastor, author, speaker, really smart guy. He says this, we can be sure that our prayers are answered precisely in the way we want them to be answered if we knew everything that God knows. Let me read that again. We can be sure our prayers are answered precisely in the way we would want them to be answered if we knew everything that God knows. That's a great perspective to trust that if I knew everything God knew, then I would answer the prayer the same way that God answered it or didn't answer it. My favorite passage on prayer isn't actually a passage on prayer, but I want to share it with you this morning because I think this is what it really comes down to us with prayer. Anybody familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Bible, or Rakshak and Benny for the VeggieTale generation? 
So they're, they're, thrown, they're threatened to be thrown into this fiery furnace because they don't bow down to the idols. And so as they're getting ready to get thrown into the furnace, they say in Daniel 3, 17 through 18, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty, but even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. This is the attitude that we need to have in prayer. That God is able, God is loving, He is caring, He is wise, He is big enough to answer our prayer. But even if He doesn't, I will still serve Him. I will still trust Him. I will still give Him my life. So the question is, can you still trust God? Can you still trust that God loves you, that God cares about you, that God knows better than you do, even if he doesn't answer prayer the way that you thought or hoped that he would? When it comes down to it, God is far more concerned with our character than he is with our comfort. God is far more concerned with our holiness than our happiness. God is more concerned with his glory than with our story. And if we knew everything that God knows, we would be 100% thankful that God answered the prayer or didn't answer the prayer the way that he did. Perhaps maybe unanswered prayer is actually a gift from God. Do you know that Jesus didn't even have all his prayers answered? Matthew 26, so this is Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane before he was about to be betrayed, handed over to, to the officials to be crucified. It says that Jesus went a little further and he bowed with his face to the ground praying, My Father, if it is possible that this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. God didn't even answer Jesus' request in this instance. And aren't we glad? Aren't we glad that he didn't answer that request? That he didn't give Jesus what he wanted in that instance, but Jesus prays, I want your will, not my will, because Jesus' request conflicted with the prayers of millions of other people for the Messiah and conflicted with God's will to save people through this means. Our prayer requests are requests and a request may or may not be granted. We actually need unanswered prayers to save us from ourselves. We actually need unanswered prayers to save us from our, our selfish motives. We need unanswered prayers to save us from our ignorance, to save us from our short-sightedness, to save us from our, our lust for, for power or money. We need unanswered prayers so that we can learn how to truly trust God, so we can learn how to put our faith into action, so that we can take responsibility, so that we can participate fully in the kingdom of God. 
We need unanswered prayer to break us, to deepen us, to change us, and to align us with God's will and God's purposes in this world. As a parent, I say no to my kids probably dozens of times a day. I know, you ever see a parent that doesn't say no, that gives their kid everything they want? I was in the airport yesterday, and there's this little toddler that they're just trying to appease with, with candy and toys. Oh, you want to sit here? Oh, you don't want to sit there? Okay, sit here. And there's just like these parents like frantically trying everything, trying to give their kid everything that he demands, and he still was irritable. I don't do that with my kids. I don't give my kids everything they ask for. It's not because I don't love them. It's not because I don't have the ability to grant their request favorably. It is precisely because I love them that I say no. It's because I know better than they do that I say no. It's because I have a lot more life experience than they do that I say no. It's because my brain is fully developed, I like to think, at least, that I say no. But if we are to approach God as our Father, like Jesus says we are to in prayer, and recognize that He loves us, and trust that He is our Father, if we approach God in that manner, then we can understand that unanswered prayer is nothing more than a loving Father's denial of our child's naive request. That we think we know. My kids think they know what's best for them, but ultimately they don't know. And we don't know what's best for us. In this way, unanswered requests actually become answered prayers as we change, as we are changed by our Father and we are changed more and more into his likeness. Those unanswered requests become answered prayers. I want to pray right now. I want to teach you guys a prayer that has been really meaningful in my life. It's an old Celtic prayer. And you'll find it on the back of your sermon notes. And I just want to pray it for us today. And then uh, we'll close the service maybe by actually praying together at the end. Will you pray? Lord, you have always given bread for the coming day. And though I am poor, today I believe. Lord, you have always given strength for the coming day. And though I am weak, today I believe. Lord, you have always given peace for the coming day. And though I am of anxious heart, today I believe. Lord, you have always kept me safe in trials. And now, tired as I am, today I believe. Lord, you have always marked the road for the coming day. And though it may be hidden, today I believe. Lord, you have always lightened this darkness of mine. And though the night is here, today I believe. And Lord, you have always spoken when the time was ripe. And though you be silent now, today I believe. Amen.
I put that prayer on the back of your program so you can take that and you can make that prayer your prayer this week. Before we, we close with some responding to God in worship, just want to mention a couple things. One, you know, God has been so good to us and he has been so good to you guys, and, and you've been so good to our church. You know, a couple months ago, I, I stood up here and I said, man, we don't have enough money to pay our rent for, for January. And God came through, and you guys came through. And, and really, it's been, like, it's been like every week has been like this exciting thing, like, hey, what's God going to do this week? And it's been that way, and, and it's been awesome to see how God has provided week after week after week. And I just want to share that with you because oftentimes we talk about, hey, we need money or whatever. And I just want to say, hey, God has been providing, and God is providing through you, so thank you for that. If you want to get in on this action, you want to be a part of this party, then you are always welcome, too. So you may, you may give in a number of different ways. You may give by placing your check or cash in that offering box that's just back there. Or a lot of people choose to give online. If you go to grandcitystation.com give. Or you can even text to give, and that information's on the back of your program. Also, today... If you want to take a moment and fill out the connection card that's in front of you, just remind us that you are here. Let us know how we can be praying for you. And also, I would just want to encourage you, too, to be putting put your prayer requests on the prayer wall back there. But just like we do with the Facebook check-ins, for every connection card that is turned in, we move $5 into what we call our Good Neighbor Fund, where we use that to be good neighbors, to, to help people in need. So... You can also, you can drop that in that offering box before you leave today. As we sing these, these last two songs, I just want you, I mean, maybe you just want to sit and let it, it wash over you because maybe you don't really believe what we're singing yet. Or maybe you need to just declare this to God that, that no matter what happens, I will trust in you. I will trust in you even if you don't give me the answers that I want you to. I will trust in you. Let's sing together.